Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm glad you joined us for this 140th episode for Sunday, the 23rd of May, 2021. Maybe you're new to this podcast, This Week in the Word, heard at dredhill.podbean.com. And I want to let you know that we are in a teaching series called What's Next? That's not a question. That's a statement. We are looking at things the Bible says will be happening in the future. Now, before we get into this episode, I want to invite you to subscribe. Don't miss a single episode. I'm planning episodes upcoming about UFOs, space invaders, that wild and wacky World Economic Forum. What a barrel of monkeys. What a laugh-a-minute crowd. They're meeting this week, or supposed to, in Singapore, and we'll see what comes out of the World Economic Forum regarding what's called, what they call, the Great Reset. But today, the episode is What's Next? The Jerusalem Problem. Once I heard a saying, and I think I have this right, Chicago is a drinking town with a football problem. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Not only can you do that with pro football, you can even do that with college football. Knoxville is a drinking town with a football problem. Cleveland is a drinking town with a baseball problem. Grinch in Switzerland is a drinking town with a soccer problem. Hey, trust me on this. You need to look up. Grinch in Switzerland and their soccer problem. (laughs) It is great. Oklahoma City is a drinking town with a basketball problem. Well, you get the idea. Insert the right urban name and sport, and you too can wow and amaze your friends. But today we're talking about the Jerusalem problem that the Jesus-rejecting, clueless churches have. Now, let's look at this city of Jerusalem. What city is that? Well, it's literally the city of Jerusalem in Israel. Jerusalem has been around about 4,000 years, and it is a very historical city. Did you know that Jerusalem has been destroyed at least twice? Jerusalem has been besieged 23 times It has been captured or recaptured 44 times, and it's been attacked 52 times. Now, it is the capital of Israel, but I bet you didn't know that the Palestinian Authority says it's their capital too. Did you know that? That's one of the reasons they're always fighting. 24-7, 365 is Israel versus the Palestinian Authority. Or it's Israel versus Hamas, like right now. Oh, by the way, do you know how to spell Hamas? It's I-R-A-N, Iran. Israel, though, now is not only in a battle with the Palestinian Authority and the terrorist group of the moment, whichever one that may be at any given time, Israel is in a battle with the entire world with something called BDS, Boycott divest and sanction that movement which is trying to literally destroy the nation of Israel and, of course, Jerusalem. Now, here's a fact. Do you like facts? We want to talk about a fact right here. Now, get ready to write because we're going to talk about some things that you might not know. I'm pretty confident that many of you will not be very 
very up to speed on this stuff, and I, I think it's going to be a great help to you. Here's a fact. The Jewish people are chosen by God flat and simple. Well, I don't like that. Well, it doesn't matter. What I just told you is a fact, and I'm going to prove it to you. But the problem is in many churches that perhaps some of you go to churches like this, replacement theology is in charge of Bible interpretation and replacement theology rejects revealed prophecy. Now, what do we mean? Well, up until the time of Augustine, the great church uh, figure in in ancient church history about... uh, I don't know, what are we talking here? Now I'm, now I'm getting confused. Almost a thousand years ago, not quite, but uh, about seven, eight hundred years ago, let's say. Up until his time, the Bible was interpreted with what is called a literal hermeneutic. Now don't let that scare you. It just means that when, the, for example, the disciples and the apostles read the scriptures and they preached them, Paul, Peter, James, John, and so on, they interpreted it like it like it said. If it said Jews in Jerusalem, then that's what it meant. They didn't spiritualize it to mean something else. When Augustine came along, it became popular from his time forward for many people to approach the Bible and spiritualize the obvious meanings. Now, when we talk about interpreting the Bible literally, it just means when the plain sense make sense, seek no other sense. You understand that? So if something is literally, obviously a figure of speech, we get that. But if it's talking about the city of Jerusalem or the Jewish people, then don't spiritualize it. Replacement theology confuses the Jews and the church together. You see, the church is not the new Israel in the sense that replacement theology tries to make it. The Bible in the New Testament declares that the church is a new man, one new man made up of saved Jews and saved Gentiles. The church is not revealed anywhere in the Old Testament, but was only revealed in the New Testament. When the rapture occurs, the church that is, saved Jewish people and saved non-Jews, will be caught up with Christ. Then God's prophetic plan for Israel that he promised in the Old Testament will be completely fulfilled to the smallest detail. And you can count on that. Many things about Israel have not been fulfilled yet. So if you replace Israel with the church, then God promised things that he did not have come true. And of course, we know that cannot possibly be true. And by the way, God's covenant with Abraham, the father of the Jewish people, is an everlasting covenant. There has to be an Israel forever. Get that in your head if you're a victim of replacement theology. All right, let me prove it to you. Let's just take my word for it. Genesis 12, 3. God is speaking to Abram at this time. He wasn't named Abraham yet, but Abram. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him 
that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Do you hear that? They're a very special people to God, starting with Abraham or Abram. Now, here's a fact. Write this down. If your liberal preacher or preacherette is not teaching you this from the Word of God, learn it here. Here's a fact. The land of Israel has been given to the Jews by God. Well, I don't like that. Well, we don't really care. God doesn't care. What I just told you is a fact. Genesis 17, 8. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Now that Canaan is, is Israel. Genesis 17, 8. God gave the land to the Jews. God did that. Now the world's trying to undo it. What a fool's errand the world is on. Here's another fact. Jerusalem is the city God has chosen as his city. You see, when you think of Jerusalem... It's really not the Jewish peoples in that sense, or really Israel's. Ultimately, it's, it's God's city, but he gave it to his people. All right, Pastor Ed, I'm listening. You started making sense. I'm following you. I'm tracking with you. All right, Psalm 48. I'm going to read Psalm 48, the whole psalm. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. God is known in her palaces for a refuge. For lo, the kings were assembled. They passed by together. They saw it, and so they marveled. They were troubled and hasted away. Fear took hold upon them there, and pain as of a woman in travail. Thou breakest the ships of Tarshish with an east wind. As we have heard, so have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God. God will establish it forever, Selah. We have thought of thy loving kindness, O God, in the midst of thy temple, According to thy name, O God, so is thy praise unto the ends of the earth. Thy right hand is full of righteousness. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad because of thy judgments. Walk about Zion and go round about her. Tell the towers thereof. Mark ye well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces that ye may tell it to the generation following. For this God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. One another one, Psalm 74, verse 2. Remember thy congregation, which thou hast purchased of old, the rod of thine inheritance, 
which thou hast redeemed, this Mount Zion, wherein thou hast dwelt. Here's another one. Psalm 78, verse 68. Now he's talking about what God did here, but chose the tribe of Judah, the Mount Zion, which he loved. Hey, here's Jesus Christ himself saying this in his earthly ministry. He did? You need to read your Bible more. Matthew 5, verses 34 and 35. This is in the Sermon on the Mount. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Pastor Ed, I I had no idea. You know what? Don't depend on your Bible study leader or Sunday school teacher or even your preacher to feed you the word of God. They may or may not. They may interpret it correctly or they may not. Feed yourself from the word of God and the Holy Spirit himself. If you are a believer in Christ, he will teach you. So you might be saying right now, well, Pastor Ed, where did you get this? You know what? God put this together for me. Now, I've read the Bible about 40 times and a good bit of it many, many more times than that. And so I've known this, but God just brought all this to my memory yesterday in about one hour as I I just looked up these passages and he guided me and I put it together. But that was possible because I've been in the Word and you can grow in the Word as well. Here's another fact. Ready? The Jews and Jerusalem are a problem to Satan and the Jesus-rejecting world. I mean, the Jews and Jerusalem really are. You know why Satan hates the Jewish people so much and Jerusalem so much? You want to know why? It is through the Jewish people and specifically through Judah and through the lion of the tribe of Judah, the Lord Jesus Christ, that salvation has come to the world. This is why Satan, before the Messiah came, before Jesus came and was born in Bethlehem, just as predicted, this is why before then Satan worked double overtime to try to eliminate the Jewish people to keep Jesus from coming as the Savior of all who would trust him. Well, he failed. This is why he, he wanted Jesus to stay in that tomb. Jesus came out of the tomb. Amen. And so now he's lost everything. So now he wants to punish the Jewish people and punish Jerusalem specifically. You know why? Jesus Christ is coming back to Jerusalem in the second coming at the end of the tribulation. And Satan's going to try to keep him from even coming there. He hates Israel, the Jewish people, and Jerusalem. And you know what? The people in the world who reject Jesus, they hate them too. You understand? Now, if you're a professing Christian 
and you hate the Jewish people, you hate Israel, and you hate Jerusalem, maybe you better re-inspect your faith. I'm serious as a heart attack right now. Now, another thing about Jerusalem is the three major world religions all claim Jerusalem. Jewish people do, obviously. Christians claim Jerusalem, right? And so do the Muslims. Everybody who's a part of the major three world religions claim Jerusalem. And everybody wants control of it. This is part of the problem especially relating to Islam wanting to control Jerusalem. But Christians have tried to control it as well, and so have the Jewish people. It is, um, you know what a 50-yard line looks like in a football game or the middle, middle of a soccer field? You know, it's the most chewed-up area because that's where people are the most as compared to one end of the field or the other, where Israel is like the 50-yard line of the world, and an end of Satan and his demonic forces. Now, again, don't take my word for it. Let me prove it. Jesus said in Luke 21, 20, this. Now, this is coming up. And when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Now, I believe this is a prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ. It has a, a double fulfillment. Because in 70 AD, Jerusalem was destroyed. But here's what I want to bring your attention to. Most people with a replacement theology say, well, that already happened in 70 AD. Nice try. But I want to show you something. He says here, and when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, like not an army, like the Roman army, but armies, plural, and we're going to see this, hang in here, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. When Rome destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD and took them captive, when that happened, you know, they, they uh, dispersed them all over the world. When that happened, it was the Roman army, but armies, plural, of not a nation, but of nations, plural, are going to come against Jerusalem. And I think this is actually what the Lord Jesus Christ is referring to here. So let's look at that. Joel 3, 1 and 2. This is an Old Testament prophet. For behold, in those days and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem. Let me ask you something. Is, is, are the Jews back in Israel? Yep. Well, every Jew in the whole world isn't. Yeah, I know that. That's going to happen in the millennium. But, Israel did not exist as a nation until May 14, 1948, and it was reborn. Total miracle. Nobody saw that coming except people who believed the Bible literally. There were Bible teachers in the 1800s that said, I don't know how it's going to happen or when, but Israel will be reborn as a nation. And you know what? 
It was reborn on May 14, 1948. Wow. So he says here that when they're back in the land, something's going to happen. What is that? Verse 2. I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. You ever heard of something called the Battle of Armageddon, which is more like a campaign? You ever heard of that? That's what he's talking about right here. Joel 3, 9 through 21. So we've, we've skipped a few verses in Joel 3, but now we go to Joel 3, 9 through 21. Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Assemble yourselves and come, all ye heathen, and gather yourselves together round about. Thither cause thy mighty ones to come down, O Lord. Let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat. For there I will sit to judge all the heathen round about. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full. The fats overflow, for their wickedness is great. <coughs> Excuse me. Verse 14, multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and the moon shall be darkened, and the stars shall withdraw their shining. The Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem and the heavens and the earth shall shake, but the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. So shall ye know that I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then shall Jerusalem be holy, and there shall be no strangers pass through her anymore." And it shall come to pass in that day that the mountains shall drop down new wine and the hills shall flow with milk and all the rivers of Judah shall flow with waters and a fountain shall come forth out of the house of the Lord and shall water the valley of Shittim. Egypt shall be a desolation and Edom shall be a desolate wilderness for the violence against the children of Judah because they have shed innocent blood in their land. But Judah shall dwell forever and Jerusalem from generation to generation. For I will cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed for the Lord dwelleth in Zion." I mean, if you're not getting it yet, you're not listening. Zechariah 12, 1 through 10. Now, we're talking here, as we, as we just read, about the Battle of Armageddon at the end of the tribulation when it looks like lights out for Israel and the Lord delivers them and multitudes in Israel turn to Christ as their Messiah. 
Zechariah talks about it again right here, but especially before we read this, when we get into it, notice how Jerusalem is going to be a big problem to the whole world, and the world is going to finally do something about Jerusalem, and they're going to lose. Zechariah 12, 1-10. The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord, which stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth the foundation of the earth and formeth the spirit of man within him. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about when they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. In that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. In that day, saith the Lord, I will smite every horse with astonishment and his rider with madness. And I will open mine eyes upon the house of Judah and will smite every horse of the people with blindness. And the governors of Judah shall say in their heart, the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall be my strength and the Lord of hosts their God. In that day will I make the governors of Judah like an hearth of fire among the wood and like a torch of fire in a sheath, and they shall devour all the people round about on the right hand and on the left, and Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place, even in Jerusalem. The Lord also shall save the tents of Judah first, that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem do not magnify themselves against Judah. In that day shall the Lord defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And he that is feeble among them at that day shall be as David, and the house of David shall be as God, as the angel of the Lord before them. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. What a major prophecy. Amen? Then in the last book of the Bible, just in case we're missing it, one more time. Revelation 16, 12 through 16. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. 
for they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. So that is a plain that is below Jerusalem. And when great war leaders of the past, such as Napoleon and others, have seen this, they described it as a perfect battlefield. That will be the place where Jerusalem is surrounded and God delivers them. Amen. I believe it will be the largest battle in world history. It's massive what's going to happen there. And notice that it's around Jerusalem and it's all the nations. Now, Psalm 2, let's go back to Psalm 2, 1 through 12 and see what we see here. This is written about not something that already happened to Israel, but I believe it's written about what's going to happen. What we just read is right here again. And it's got some excellent counsel in it. So listen to it. Psalm 2, 1 through 12. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron, and thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. You know what? Christ is returning to Jerusalem, literally touching down on the Mount of Olives, and he will deliver Jerusalem and the Jewish people. And he will rule. Listen, listen to this. Jerusalem will be the capital of Christ's global thousand-year kingdom. 
The world doesn't like that. The politicians of the earth hate that. Even lost church people hate that. Most of the denominations trash Israel. You know what? God's going to do it anyway. And he mocks those who reject him, his son, the Jewish people, and Jerusalem. The Jewish people and Jerusalem will never cease to exist. And many Jews will come out for Jesus. Amen. Hey, listen, get used to it. Become a true born-again believer in the resurrected and returning Jesus Christ and your Jerusalem problem will be solved. Now I'm going to give you a phone number that you can call. Write it down. You will not remember it. 877-247-2426. You know, with Jesus Christ as your own Lord and Savior, you can know for certain how your eternity will turn out. Instead of following Satan and the Antichrist and their boycott, divest, and sanction Israel losers and being condemned to an eternal hell, you can follow Jesus Christ and come over to his side and be welcome into heaven and eternity with God. Now, if you're shy and don't want to call that phone number, chat chataboutjesus.com chataboutjesus.com thank you for listening today please tell others make sure you subscribe maybe send out right from where you're listening send out this episode so that others can hear it as well some people you will anger oh well some people you will turn to righteousness when they place their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ God bless you this week. If the Lord doesn't come first, I'll be back next week and we might talk about UFOs, space invaders. You just never know. Bye-bye. Have a great week in Jesus Christ. Amen.